Shrub Nation. My name is Anthony Delgado, and today we have my good friend, Mr. Jimmy Allen. Jimmy is a love and relationship coach. So you might even call him the love doctor. You might even call him a love guru. <laughs> he might just fix your marriage and make you not regret signing that prenup. The one and only Jimmy. Jimmy, thank you for being on the show, man. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we were talking a little bit off uh, camera, and we were talking about how people, you know, before they're able to love someone else, they have to really love themselves. So do you want to talk a little bit about, like, self-love and the importance of self-love? Well, the importance of self-love, as the famous RuPaul says, how can you love someone else when you can't even love yourself? And it's so true. Oh, my God. You know, um, so, you know, as you know, I'm a certified calling in the one coach with Catherine Woodward Thomas. And, you know, her work really shines the light on a lot of things that we harbor in ourselves that block away our, you know, our ability to love. And there's a, a really famous quote in the book, um, A Return to Love, which I really, really love. And she says, you know, people think that when you, when you fall in love, that you start to heal, but it's actually the opposite. You know, love shines a light on the things that you need to heal in yourself. Like it shines light on all the little blind spots that like you still need to work on that. And people get so upset when you know, their partner like points something out when it's like, oh no, it's an opportunity to learn and evolve that thing. Your partner is there to teach you something about yourself in order to evolve that and strip that away so you can expand yourself to love. And if people just look at, you know, when they're in their relationships, when they're having conflict, and see it as an opportunity and not as this like combative moment, like every little moment, every combative moment is an opportunity to grow. And people will keep expanding themselves to love and they will create love and understanding in their relationships. Definitely, definitely. I, I definitely think that's a problem in today's society, especially like the Instagram culture, right? You have people who you're not even dating them, right? They put up so many barriers, so many different masks and so many different filters and you're not really dating the real them. You're dating the representative. Right. And then people are scared once they get in a relationship to show the true self because right. you didn't fall in love with the true self. You fell in love with this, with this version that they've created for you. I actually had a, um, an ex-girlfriend of mine who she would always wear makeup. She would never take it off, even in the bedroom. <laughs> like She would wake up in the morning take a shower, redo her makeup, and then go to sleep with the makeup on her. I would never even see her normal. And, and so that's a literal mask, but then people also wow. personality masks, right? And all these different layers right. of themselves, right? So how do you think, I guess, how do you think people can take off that mask, take off that layer without the fear of rejection of the, their true self? Well, um... Well, first thing, I think that people need to, should not be afraid to look at what themselves, like, because, you know, people, you, when you actually think about it, we don't really fall in love with the mass. We fall in love with the flaws. We fall in love with the people being authentic. We fall in love with the people being so vulnerable and true to who, them, who they are. That's what we really fall in love with. 
like because it shows that you are a human being that you have a heart that you care that you have pain too and people connect with that to say oh i am like you too like so it's people it's an opportunity for people to you know let it all hang out you know it's it's if you ever think about when you when you have a best friend right and I always go back to this and I always think about the best people I have as my best friends in my life and how we've been best friends for this long. And I think about the moment when I first met them and the reason why we still are friends is because that first moment we were so authentic, so open, we everybody just just let it all hang out. And that's why we love each other and that's why we're still friends. And people don't do that anymore in relationships and also social media too is you know i i feel like that people hide behind those things especially you know in this day and day and age i i was in a relationship with a guy you know you know i hadn't seen him in a, for, a, for a while and he was from spain and he came back and he didn't ask to see me so he was here and i'm like i see him on social media you know on his Instagram posting, he's out with this person, he's out with that person, and I'm just like, okay, well, what about me? And then we finally, after a week of him being in town, he finally decides to call me out of the blue, we finally decide to have dinner, and we get to dinner, and he's on his phone, and I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, your social media personality time is over, buddy. It is, it is, it's us time. Like, he didn't know how to be with me. He was just too busy trying to be a persona. And when he was, when he was just being his authentic self, it's like like everybody around us could see it because we were just like, we were just there. You know, I remember we were, we went on a date to the Italian restaurant and we were just so there. And this couple was like, like, who are you two? Like, how long have you been married? And we were like, no, we're not married. We just, we just, we just been together for like three months. And they asked us to pull the table up to them. And they paid for our dinner. They invited us to their, like, house, you know, um, upstate. And it's all because we were just being totally authentic, totally walls down. I mean, that's who we were when we let it all hang out. It was just, and that's how I, that's how I fell in love with that person. Because I, I just saw the real him. And the real person is what I want to connect with, not an avatar of a person definitely definitely yeah i mean you bring up some good points like social media anxiety right we're in this generation where we're stuck on our phones you know i'm doing a social media cleanse this week i uninstalled all the apps off my phone still use them on the laptop for business here and there but i'm not really consuming content where we're constantly like comparing ourselves to others and trying to compete, mm-hmm. right? And, and trying to compete with all our peers to post the best pictures and make our life look like it's the best, even if it's not, right? And, you know, we're stuck in this, I call it the social media rat race, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Mark Zuckerberg's the one that's making all the money, right? But we're stuck in this, um, in this world where we're seeing everything through a lens. We're more connected than ever, but then we're also the most disconnected than we've ever been. Right. Like you right. said you go to dinner with somebody, you're not even looking them in their face, right? Um, that the same girl that I mentioned, we, our first date, we actually uh, played a little game and we pretended that it was the '70s, 
<laughs> and that meant that there were no cell phones. And right. we had the most amazing first date because we weren't looking at our phones. I said, turn the phones off, put them in your pocket. That's it. There's no phones. It's the 70s. Right. And it was the most amazing first date. And I really wish that we could learn to have boundaries because right now I have a hundred fans or a thousand fans or even 50 fans that like me or like my wife's pictures or like my son. And, and they're stealing the attention of the person that you're supposed to love. Right. Mm -hmm. Because people are getting their, their love and their satisfaction and their, um, and that attention from outside sources instead of inside of that relationship. So how do you think, how can you put limits and, and how can you control social media from ruining relationships? How can you control social media from ruining relationships? I mean, I feel that you have to establish that from the very beginning. Like, it's like building a house. You know, you have to, you have to lay the ground from the very very beginning otherwise it consumes your relationship you know it was you know one of the roles that you know in my last relationship that we had like when we were together we didn't we weren't on our phones it was the boundaries that we set like people don't set boundaries anymore and boundaries are actually healthy to maintain healthy relationships and sometimes we and then when somebody disrespects those boundaries in a relationship we have to honor this person as you know, honor those boundaries because it's like, okay, I disrespect my boundaries. I'm not honoring my relationship. Boundaries are set in place to honor your relationship, to like bridge the gap in relationships. And people um, don't set strong boundaries to maintain a strong relationship. Even I had a client recently, you know, his girlfriend was constantly checking his phone, constantly checking his phone. I said, you don't, I said, she doesn't respect your boundaries because you don't respect your boundaries. You don't say anything. You don't, you, you continue to allow it. And once you respect your boundaries with yourself, she'll stop doing it. And she did. So he had to go back and reestablish his basic, his personal integrity and the boundaries. And it stopped. Like once we start respecting our own boundaries and start setting it, it's like, Hey, when I'm with you, I'm with you. Like, my social media is not priority. You know, there's a lot of Instagram famous people and a lot of like couples taking pictures, you know, all over the place. And it gets in the way of their love. Because a part of, you know, research has says that, you know, social media enhances the endorphins, like those likes, like you get addicted to it. And so it's not even a real thing. You know what I mean? We, we're more addicted to the likes than the person that we're with. So it's like, okay, as a couple from the very beginning, you have to set those boundaries because I, for me personally, I would have to be addicted to the person who I'm with because at the end of the day, when I lose my phone, when I lose that social media, the human connection is what is going to really save the day. It is what is going to keep me, you know, thriving in a, a juicy relationship. It is what, it's what's going to visit me in the hospital when I'm what's going to take me to the hospital there for me that human connection is what's going to be there for me my mother is sick or something happens when I need you know in a, in a rough time not social media you know those are very important elements that people are missing that human contact the human touch the senses of like touch taste smell you know and, and sight are definitely missing because of social media because we're focused on 
the phone instead of being over there with the other person, losing ourselves, not like losing ourselves, quote unquote, but like just being engaged. The the idea of um, the concept of being engaged or the art of being engaged with the person you're attracted to is being lost. The art of communication is being lost. You'd rather socialize with, you know, the phone than engage with the person that you're with. And I think that's the reason why people are having a hard time finding love because it's more engaging the phone than actually learning how to engage with the people in their life. Yeah, no, definitely. Yes, social media anxiety, social media addiction, you know, whatever you want to call it, it's definitely something new. That you right. could definitely be said. Like, it's something new. It was not there previously. And it definitely changes a lot of the dynamics. And you were touching on it earlier, like jealousy, right? There's this crazy jealousy now from what happens on social media. And some of the most happy and successful people, they don't even have social media. You know, and right. it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, uh, you know, either they don't have it or they might ignore it, even if they do have it, right? And then we also have this dichotomy of, I guess, I like to call it like the, the Tinder generation, where it's always like <laughs> swipe left, swipe left, swipe left, swipe right. And we've commoditized people, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not like, oh, I can never find another one anymore. Now it's like human beings are this commodity where there's an unlimited amount of people on Tinder and Instagram and Facebook that, oh, I could always, you know, I could replace you, right? And it's really led to, in my opinion, the destruction of the family. You know, people used to get married and they would stay together and there was no divorce. Divorce was not an option. It was till death or we're together. And then we might fight, we might argue, but we're going to fix it. And now I just feel like it's this Tinder generation where we're playing Tinder with our marriages. Then people are four right. or five swipes already. They swiped on, on their marriages. Like, oh, I don't like this one divorce. Oh, a couple of years, I don't like this one divorce. So I, I'll trade it in for a new one, right? And I think that's led to a lot of unhappiness in people because, listen, nobody's perfect, right? People are going to get older. People are going to have their moods. They're going to have their ups and their downs. But if you don't have someone that's going to stay with you through all of those ups and downs, if they're only there for you for the highs, then you're not going to, and they're not there for you when you're in the lows, you're not even going to want them, right? right? So how can, how can in today's instant gratification, social media, instant society, how can people really find true love and true, true marriage? Oh, it's, I really love what you just said, too, about the, the instant marriage and, like, easy to swipe, you know, left and right. And to me, what I'm hearing is, is that, you know, one of the biggest things, especially I, I hear this in men and particularly straight men, is that they're always trying to go with the flow. And, and a lot of this comes down to people have no idea what they want and need in a relationship at all. And the minute something, that person shines a light on some flaw, they're like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> like, you don't respect this. You know, you know, like, no, like, you know, one, I think people need to learn 
what they need in a relationship. Like that, like for me, that changed the game for me. Like when I started to define what is it that I need and want in a relationship, I it automatically, I automatically stopped picking people who didn't meet my needs, who didn't um, like, uh, I, I, I automatically stopped picking people that were not in line with what I was looking for, like automatically. I don't know how, but you know, I really am grateful for that calling in the one book that really made me define because people, when it comes down to people are looking for in a partner something that they are not. And so the minute they stop being the thing that they see, then all hell breaks loose. But if we turn that around, like, okay, um, like one of the things that I needed in a relationship is like, I need assurance in a relationship. But if I am depending on that from someone else, and the minute they stop being that thing for me, that all hell breaks loose. But it's my it's my responsibility to bring reassurance to myself in that relationship. I should not be depending on that another person. Most people in their marriages are depending on something else from that person that they are not. And it's that person's responsibility to bring to be that thing and bring that to their marriage, not depend on um, the other person. You know, this guy who I did it like really threw my world. When he said this to me, he said, you know, I want you, I don't need you. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, and I had to do some research. I was like all upset, you know, I um, Googled it. I like went to my married friends, like what is the difference between, you know, need and want? And my best friend's like, yeah, it's like when you need someone, you need them because they have something that you don't have. And you need them and you're dependent on them for that thing. But when you want to be with someone, you want them just because and not for any other reason. And I was like, holy crap. Like there was um, an article that I read. The psychiatrist, he was saying, you know, um, he said, if you're in a desert, and you're hungry and there's no food around and there's a snake, what are you gonna do? You're gonna eat that snake and that snake is only satisfying you in that moment what you need to fulfill the need to be hungry. But when you go back home, you're not looking for snakes. You're, you're gonna go back to your regular food. So that's what people do in relationships. Like once that thing is fulfilled and from the other person, then they don't need them anymore. So they easily wanna swipe. Well, I don't need you anymore because you don't provide that thing for me. And it's so messed up that it ruins relationships. Relationships go south because they start to depend on something in the other person that they're not. When it's not that person's responsibility to make them happy, it's not that person's responsibility to provide those things for them. And there's a really great episode of in the red table with will smith and he said it so clearly to jada he was like i am tired of making you happy it is not my job to make you happy it is your job to make you happy and i'm going to go and make find out what makes me happy and i'm going to bring that to the table and it's your responsibility to go out and find what makes you happy and you bring that to the table and together we create happiness by what we both bring to the table and that is 
what is missing in a lot of relationships. Definitely. People don't know what they, people don't know what they bring to the table. Well, and they, and they don't see it's a partnership, right? No. Like you have to work together. You have to right. I bring something to the table. You bring something to the table. Work together. I could support you in your happiness, but I can't figure it out. I'm not a size of your head. Right. It is, your, it is our job to figure out how to make our own selves happy, how to you know, educate ourselves, how to learn how to communicate, how to set our boundaries. It's, it's our job. And our partner is there to support us and maybe educate us, but it's not their job to make us totally happy. We have to be happiness. We have to work on our own happiness. We have to find our own happiness. What makes us happy? And it's also, it's not their job to be perfect either, right? Like, no. like you said it before, like they do one thing wrong and it's just like, oh my God, I don't agree with one thing that you did. So I have to find somebody else. Like, I don't agree with all the things I've done and it's me. Like right. I did five years ago. I was like, that was dumb. I should have never done that. You know, right, right. I don't agree with the own things that I've done and it's me. How am I going to judge somebody else for making a mistake? Now it's one thing if there's a habit and people don't want to change or it's affecting you negatively. Of course, there's always those things, but just because someone made one mistake, you can't be ready to just like kick them to the curve. It doesn't make sense. You're never going to find anyone. Well, I mean, for me, that it goes a little bit deeper than that. Like, you know, usually when people get upset by that mistake, they're bringing their past into their relationship. They're usually punishing the other person for the thing that somebody else has already done. Oh, you're just like so-and-so. Right, you know what I mean? Like, right, you know, like my, like recently, like again, this client, you know, um, he was complaining about his, you know, his, his baby mama, that's what he referred to her refer to her as and uh, he said she's always jealous she's always going through my phones and I said I guarantee you that did not come from you it came from a past relationship and I said if you look in your and if you really think about it like I guarantee you that starts somewhere else and he said it has he's like her mother taught her not to trust men I said right she is bringing old beliefs into your relationship She's believing in something that she doesn't know any other way. Instead of like figuring out what is really true for her, she's she is she's living her life in her and, and judging her relationship based off what somebody else said and not living and being in a relationship with what's true for her. And that people bring that into their dating. Yeah, they're bringing their baggage, right? Like, like they're bringing their back. They bring, <laughs> right. Like, like a friend of mine, you know, she called me one day. She's like, oh, I need coaching. I need coaching. You know, she, you know I, I went on a date with this guy and we slept together. And I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, but she's like, my best friend said, you know, you're not supposed to have sex until, you know, the ninth day. And I was just like, okay, well, is your friend in a relationship? She goes, no. And I said, right. I was like, so why are you living by somebody else's rules? What? what does it does it feel right did it feel right she goes yeah it was great and i said did he plan that invitation yeah we're seeing each other tomorrow i said okay like he's seeing you tomorrow you have plans stop living by other people's rules what are what is really true for you and today they're married 
like she stopped living by her friend's rules and she started li living by her own. And they're just, I mean, you, they're inseparable. They're so great together. And, and that's also about like just living in the moment, right? Right. Like, trying to make into this big thing. Like it felt right in the moment. It, you, you did it and now you have another date and enjoy that second date and then you have a third date and enjoy that third and don't bring all of this baggage other people's ideas and old relationships right. bring all this stuff into a second date when all the guy really wants is a second date right like how crazy would she have sounded if she would have brought all that stuff into the second date he would have been like right, oh, exactly. I'm never going to talk to her again I thought we right. were something cool you know Right, I mean, this guy, I met him, he's a really, really good guy. And I remember when I first met him, she's still bringing it back into the date on, we were on the meeting. And he's a lawyer, and I said to her, I said, listen, he's a lawyer, he speaks to people a lot. I think he can handle, you know, a conversation. Like, you know, and we had the best of time. You know, he's a really great guy. I mean, he can handle himself. And again, she was bringing her past into, you know, our meeting and and everything was great and that's why i think it's important what you do man because you help you help people not bring their baggage so that they can find the love of their life so that they can get married you there's people out there they probably already met the person they were supposed to marry and they probably fucked it up three times already right because right. They, keep, they keep repeating these cycles and these cycles so you help people disrupt those cycles change those habits so that they can live in the moment they can find happiness um and i think that's super important and that's a really great point. And those cycles, people don't realize that they have a pattern. They're not even looking at the pattern. You know, that is such a huge thing that helps, you know, clients work on. It's like, what is the pattern? How are you picking them? What are the signs you're missing? Like we get into the details, like what you said in the date, what, like, how are you picking them? Like from just their profiles, like what is the pattern? And like, once you figure out your pattern, then you can this then you can make a choice like, oh my God, this is why I picked this person. This is what I said. Like all these men or all these women have this pattern. Now I see it and then now I can make a choice and not do it. Because you see all the signs right away and then you can make a choice like, okay, nope, you're not for me. But most people don't realize that they have a pattern. They just rather be a victim and say, Oh, there's not a lot of good men out there. Oh, there's not a lot of good women out there. Just rather play the victim and say, well, what is the pattern? What is this like keep teaching? I keep attracting the same kind of person. Like, what is the common denomination? Because I'm the one who's picking them, right? Like, if people take self responsibility and say, okay, I just went on three dates with the same type of man or the same type of woman, why do I keep picking the same person? Like, what am I missing? What are they saying that I'm overlooking? And they're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like one of the things I realized that I was dating a lot of guys with shame and I didn't really realize that. Like, I mean, my Oprah said this, you know, and it was like a combination of like reading, calling in the want and, um, you know, this thing that Oprah says, you know, people tell you who they are when you very first meet them. And I was like, oh my God, is that true? And I like looked and said, oh my God, every single person that I dated had some sort of shame about like being gay. And then I had a coach at the time and she was like, well, we're in your life, you have shame. And I was just like, 
oh, with my mother, and I broke down crying, you know, and it was, she's like, well, this is an area that you need to work on with your mother, and I was so terrified, you know, uh, bringing in the stuff, because it was, and I, and I, and I cried because I knew it was the truth, and I knew it was the very thing that was blocking me from having real love, when I had to look at my own shame of and I was picking people who were not going to call me out on it. You know what I mean? They were okay with me just being that way because they didn't have to be called out on their shame as well. And that's what people do. They pick people who don't have to call them out. So it's like, you know, okay, well, it's easy to write them off or swipe left. You know what I mean? And well, when I really you know, tackled this area with my mother, it really shifted my life. It really shifted my love life. I stopped. I stopped dating those type of people, and my relationship with my mom just like changed, like just dramatically. Like she started to open herself up with me. I started being more vulnerable with her. She started being more vulnerable vulnerable with me, and our just our level of love and affinity for each other is just like I've never had before in my life. And so, when people take a step back and look at the patterns in your love life. I mean, the clues are right there. People are just not looking or refusing to look. A lot of men don't like to look, a lot of people in general. But I find men don't want to look. You're picking these people in their lives, and this is why we don't have the love that we want, because we, we love to play the victim, because it's easy to be the victim. Definitely. Let's talk about dating a boss. And I think it's really crazy because <laughs> uh, it's really crazy that you're the next episode of the podcast. Because literally in the last episode, I was talking to a really successful female entrepreneur. She runs her own company. Uh, her name is Teddy Thompson. And she was expressing how it was really hard for her to date a boss. And she fell into one of those same cycles where she was constantly dating, um, uh, I guess, beta males, for lack of a better term, these beta males who were subservient, who were not alpha, and she doesn't like those types of guys. And in her head, she's like, oh, I keep getting stuck with these guys who... Uh, who are not dominant and da, 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 and I just want a real man. And then she realized that she was coming off like, hey, I'm a boss bitch and I fly private and I drive Ferraris and I own my own company and I don't need a man and I'm the boss, I'm the CEO. Hashtag CEO in my, in my uh, bio. And she realized, of course, she's attracting subservient guys, beta guys, because she's being the alpha. So she's not allowing that into her life. And then she started realizing, okay, well, if I take a back seat in the bedroom, I could take a back seat. I could still be the boss at work. I could still be the boss in my company with my employees. But when I'm in a dating situation, since I want to attract the alpha, I have to let him be an alpha. And we were talking about, you know, that and then also dating a boss and how it's hard because as an entrepreneur, you're focused on your business. You're not trying to be lovey-dovey texting I love you, texting good morning. You're trying to really, really focus on your business and it's really hard to be dating as a boss. So what, what advice, what tips do you have for people who 
Uh, they have a full-time schedule, whether they're an executive or a manager at a job or they own their own business and they really have a big career. Career is a huge part of their life and they can't figure out where to put love into that, into that scenario. Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, you know, um, again, my first instinct says that one, like the word boss means for me, like I'm somebody who's in charge and love is partnership. Like who is gonna compliment your partnership like you don't want somebody to tell you what to do you know um and it comes down to define like what type of man that you want that's going to or woman that's going to really compliment you know your is really great is that you can't be a boss if you're not making time for love. Like you, like if you want love, you have to make time for love. Just like you make time for all those meetings, just like you make time for those clients. This time you make you make time for you know your to to network. You have to put it in your schedule. To me, that just sounds like your schedule doesn't allow room for love. So to me, I said, well, you have to be honest with yourself. Is love possible for you? Is, is, is love realistic for you? So, okay, love is realistic. I really want love. I really want to be in a relationship. Okay, well, I, I have to make room for it. Okay, you can't be, you know, you have to learn how to delegate things in your life so you can have make more room in your life for love. You know, I have a, a, one of my best friends, you know, he's dating, a, um, sorry, he's, not, he's, he's married to, uh, a woman who is a partner at a big firm and they have this same problem and I say to her all the time like how are you making room for your love like for your love life like I and I tell her all the time I said you know your man is has a perfect job you know he's a personal trainer and he you know he goes wherever you want to go but you always put your family last like how are you prioritizing them and he always feels last and you're like well it's not your fault but you're married your marriage love um, has to, in my opinion, come first. I guess you know. And again, like I go back to this. It's like a tree, right? You have to water it. It's like going to the gym. Exactly. Out. Like you have to give it your focus. relationship. Your relationship is not a purse. Your relationship is not a thing. It is a growing, living, breathing thing. You have to feed it. You have to water it. You put sunshine on it. You have to nurture it to take care of you, you have to take it out you have to walk it it is a living breathing thing and people sometimes in these high you know great jobs which is great and they treat their spouse like it's a purse like it's like okay you know like it's a thing they can put to the side it's like no it's a living breathing thing you know and and it's one thing again of you know Will Smith and Janice said it so perfectly they're like family comes first People don't put family first. At the end of the day, they, they were like, none of this money, none of this this house, this fame don't mean anything if our family is falling apart. And people don't put that first. It's going back to you, going back to what you said earlier about the 70s. 
family was first, but now it's sort of flipped, you know, like women are working, which is great, you know, women are in, in charge of things, which is also great, but people aren't putting family first. And people don't, and also it goes back to beliefs. A lot of people don't believe, well, they're in this gray area. Can I have, like, can I have a family? Can I have love? Like, yes, you can. Like, it's, it's a balance. It's your schedule. Like, how are you fitting it in your schedule? You know, my, and, I, and I've had this talk with my married, like, the married couple I was talking about. Like, they have a schedule. Like, you know, they have date nights on this night. They have church on this day. They stick to the schedule. Like, people don't like schedules sex, but it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do to spice it up? Like, if this is what you got to do, this got to do. Like, even when I, my, my longest relationship, like, we were so busy. Like, we had to put each other on a schedule. We're going to the theater this day. We're going to dinner this day. Like, that is how we nurture. Like, we had a schedule. And most people don't want to live by a schedule, but it is one of the most effective ways to make sure you're getting your love life in, getting your family in, you know, like family comes first. If you put, if you prioritize, prioritize family first, then you'll get it in. So at the end of the day, when that job, when that money is gone, who do you have to turn to? No, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, you know, people come and they say, oh, I want it to be natural or I want to feel... But at the end of the day, you just need to put it in the calendar and make sure that it gets done. You know, relationship, yeah, like relationship is work. Like people live in this fantasy of like the movies, like it's so easy, and a good relationship is easy because they're both working on, they're both working on it. They have really good communication skills. They have really good boundaries, and they have a community of people around them, you know, that supporting their relationships. You know, that is a part of a relationship. Like your family is supporting and nurturing, you know, relationship. Like, you know, that saying is, you know, it takes a, a village to raise a child. It takes a village to, to raise a relationship. You know, we need each other to grow, to nurture, to learn from each other, to expand. You know, it's all a part of being in love. You know, no, yeah, having a lot of the successful people that I know, their their spouses are friends together and they they have almost like play dates right like they go to each right. other's, uh you know they go to each other's weddings they go to each other's events they go to each other's kids events and they collaborate and it's it is it's a it's a, like right. a, a full-time job right and, and this is like like for example in italy divorce is not that high because family is first they're so family oriented they don't care what kind of drama is going on. You are here Sunday. You're eating with the family. You're going to take care of this. Family is first. In Europe, divorce is so low because they put family first. You're going to, we're going to spend time together. We're going to go on vacation together. We're going to do this together. I know it's a, a different kind of like work ethic, you know, in America here, but I think we can learn a lot from Europeans especially Italians like they they're so big on making sure they spend quality time together doing things together putting the time in together 
um, you know, there was an interview on um, um, with Michael Moore where were to invade next. And the CEO of Lamborghini um, said it so perfectly clear. You know, Michael Moore said, you know, you have short, short work hours. He said, don't you want to be making more money? He was, the woman was like, I don't need, why? He's like, all I care about is my employees, if they're, are they happy? And they're spending time with their family. I care if their home life is happy. Their home, if their home life is happy first, then they're gonna come to the job and be happy, and they're gonna produce more things faster. I'm like, sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, well, we're running low on time. Uh, so I got like one or two more questions left. Um, honestly, I've just been beating around the bush this whole interview. Why can't I find love, Jimmy? Help me find love. Well, are you clear on what you want in a person? Oh, no, I have no idea. Right. You're kind of like, you know. Oh, no, but you said it's a job. I, I don't have time for that. I think that's the main problem. I got to put it on the right. schedule. Well, if you were looking for love, what kind of person you need to fit into your life? She needs if that to. Person, if she walked into your life right now, mm -hmm. who would she need to be for you in order to say, yes, she's the one? I think that's my problem. My standards are too high. I have to lower them. <laughs> oh, what, are, well, what are three things that you want to implement you in your business, in relationships? I mean, I think, in all honesty, I kind of asked the question as a joke, but in all honesty, I probably try really hard to disqualify all the women that do come into my life at any point. Right. Because I don't want to put the time in. It, right. And I, I would assert that you have a fixed idea of what she looks like, be like, and like you have this narrow thing. And you could be in a relationship right now if you expanded that or even let that go. Because I'm sure there's plenty of women in your life or has been in your life right now would love to be by your side and help you run this thing. Yeah, I'm looking for like Kim Kardashian's body and like Steve Jobs' mind. Elon Musk's mind in one human being. I don't think it exists. You want somebody <laughs> like, well, look at Tony Robbins' wife. His wife compliments him so well. She's run, helping running that business. Mm -hmm. She's in there making that money. She's mm -hmm. in there helping changing lives. That's who you need. Somebody who's going to come in there, help you disrupt people, and help you disrupt this world, help you disrupt Puerto Rico. Well, if you're listening, if you're out there, hit the link. Hit the link below. <laughs> we're going to put an application. Jimmy's going to screen them to make sure that they're going to fill out the application properly. Uh, nah, in, in all seriousness, no, that, that is what I want. I want a business partner. I want, like, Bonnie and right. like, partner in crime, for sure. And I'm so dedicated yeah. to my business that the only time we would spend any time together is if we were spending together. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're looking for a partnership. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, all right, Jimmy. Well, 
we could talk more about that offline. I got one <laughs> question for you. Yeah. Um, and that's what does disrupt mean to you? <laughs> what does disrupt mean to me? Um, disrupt to me means disrupting the pa people's everyday patterns that they're living into, like speaking the truth that is so sharp and so piercing that they can't help but release the thing that's been holding them back and shift their whole life, their whole mind and say, I am no, I am no longer being held down by this old belief, by this old resentment, by this old my past. I'm done. I'm moving to the Russian to, to the life, the love that I want to create. That's awesome. If uh, people want to follow you on social media, oh, I almost forgot. So you have an event that's coming up on May 10th and 12th in Puerto Rico. So you want to tell us a little bit more about that event and uh, what you have planned for people? Um, it's a work in progress. <laughs> um, it's a self-love retreat, you know, really getting people out of their way in order to create um, a juicy love for themselves, like really fall in love with themselves. And also, you know, just really helping couples find that love again or to expand that love, you know, to really get it out of the way, to get rid of the, um, like, look at the patterns, the resentments of the stuff that's holding them back for having that love and infinity and create this juicy love life and really always constantly, continually and evolving their love. And yeah, that's basically what the retreat is about, evolving their love, creating some juicy love. That's awesome. Uh, that sounds amazing. And what better place to host it than the Island of Enchantment? Uh, Rico. <laughs> you don't need a passport. You don't need a passport. All ladies and gentlemen. I know. Definitely book your flights, book them early. Um, and yeah, and you're doing it on Mother's Day weekend, which is great. So it's a great gift for, for your wife, right? Take on a retreat, you know. Um, the the divorce, ask, ask Jeff Bezos. The, those divorces are very expensive. Yeah. Uh, invest, invest in your wife, invest in your family, put your family first. I think that was a, that was a big, uh, uh, a big theme of this interview was really putting your significant other, your love life, putting your family first. Um, and yeah, man, Jimmy, thank you so much for, for being on the show, for all your insights. Uh, I can't wait to see you in Puerto Rico and, uh, yeah, if people want to connect with you on social media, what's the best place to do that? Instagram. Jimmy Allen Instagram and you can find everything else connected from there. Awesome. Jimmy, thanks so much for being on the show, dude. I appreciate your time. All right, buddy. Thank you.